Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Welcome to the Vince Copeland Radio Program. Hope all is well in your world. How is life in your neck of the woods? A lot of things to talk about, as always. Just a preview of some of the things we'll delve into during the course of the conversation today. My friend Peter Schweitzer has a brand new book out. It's called Blood Money. You know, one of the things that's intriguing to me is the ongoing war against America. The effort to undermine what I believe is the greatest country on the earth. And this devious plan by the Chicoms is just absolutely mind-boggling. We'll talk about this and hopefully have an opportunity to have Peter Schweitzer on the broadcast very soon. As you know, we've got hot war going on in certain parts of the world. And one of the things that the Houthis have done now is to target communication systems. We'll tell you what they have done, allegedly, which could cause some real communication issues. The issue of Ukraine is not going away. And there are some disturbing things that have been communicated by European leaders now indicating that they haven't had enough involvement in Ukraine. Yes, there's a possibility of actually sending troops. This is an interesting subject that has been broached now, which could mean an escalation in this particular war. We'll talk about who is suggesting this idea. The other war that's going on in the Middle East... Also, a conversation now suggesting the possibility of a truce that could happen soon. No deal imminent there. But it's certainly encouraging to hear the possibility of something, some change. We'll talk about the 2024 presidential contest. Some headlines as it relates to what appears to be the contest between Trump and Biden. But concerns that could imperil both campaigns. We'll talk about what they are as we have the Michigan primary going on today. I think one of the most fascinating things going on is on the Democrat side, where the Middle East issue is really weighing heavily on Joe Biden, and it could make for a pretty embarrassing scene there today. We'll tell you what some folks who are not pleased with Mr. Magoo, what some of them are actually planning to do today. We'll talk about this and much more as we continue our broadcast. And as always, we'd love to get your input. Our phone number is 704-570-1110, 704-570-1110. Also give you a heads up. Yes, I still have my allergy issue which is driving me absolutely crazy 
and I hope it doesn't drive you crazy. I want to begin the broadcast today on a positive note. As you know, there are efforts all across the country to really bring the guidance and leadership of parents back into the mix for children. I'm trying to remember what I was watching the other day. It was a story on one of the channels, and I think the parents having a particular child it was in jeopardy because they were violating some sort of policy or state law, whatever it is, allegedly, and they were threatening to take children away. We live in an era, increasingly, where it is believed that parents are, I think there are some people, believe that parents are the least capable of guiding their children. And the social services or whomever else All of these experts and professionals, they're the ones who really know best how to raise your children. I am glad to see that here in the state of North Carolina, there were efforts, successful efforts, to rein this in and get the parents really where they belong, in the driver's seat. Charlotte Observer reports Charlotte Mecklenburg Schools changes ebook app over parents' Bill of Rights concerns. CMS ended its use of a popular library app that gave students access to more than 40,000 books due to a controversial state law. The change in response to the state's passage of Senate Bill 49, titled the Parents' Bill of Rights. It was a party line vote in August to override Roy Cooper's veto. The bill has several provisions, including those expanding parents' access to their children's records, as well as imposing strict limits on the instruction of topics related to gender identity and sexuality, as parents should have control over this area. The ebook, Epic, currently used in over 80% of U.S. elementary schools. CMS said Epic primarily was used by students in kindergarten through second grade during independent reading time. Districts are expected to ensure curriculum and instructional resources, including supplemental materials for kindergarten through fourth grade, do not teach on gender identity, sexual activity, or sexuality. By the way, before I go any further, if you disagree with this, call me. I would love to hear you make the argument that kindergarten through fourth grade kids should have access to this. Epic is considered a supplemental resource. CMS recently learned there were books on the digital platform in violation of the law. The Deputy Superintendent, Melissa Balknight, sent an email to the Charlotte Observer since Epic does not allow CMS to manage and monitor access to books on this platform. A decision was made to remove access to this digital platform during the instructional day to adhere to Senate Bill 49. Amen. Good. The district's digital learning and library services team told school administrators access to the app for students and staff would end Monday. CMS is shifting its schools to the use of a different e-book. It's a different e-book app, Sora. Critics of the change say it could lead to more limited options for students. 
We don't know how many North Carolina school districts have or will make similar moves. It doesn't appear to be a director from the Department of Public Instruction. This is something locally they've decided would be best to be in compliance with Senate Bill 49, and I think it's absolutely awesome. Again, one of the things, can I just remind you, a person's sexual identity and gender is not your whole life. This is one of the problems that I'm concerned about, even for adults. And it's a dangerous path if we start driving and leading children down this path. And I'm so glad that we're at a place where, in this state, steps were taken to get this thing under control. Can we just let children be children? That's my appeal. Let children be children and protect their innocence as long as we can possibly do it. If you don't care about that for your child, more power to you. But I think there are many other parents who really want to do that. Love to get your thoughts. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. When St. Jude opened in 1962, childhood cancer was considered incurable. Since then, St. Jude has helped push the overall survival rate from 20% to more than 80%. St. Jude won't stop until no child dies from cancer. Join me today in supporting St. Jude by calling 1-800-411-9898. That's 1-800-411-9898 to become a partner in hope. Your gift to St. Jude could last a lifetime. Back on the Vince Coakley Radio Program. And I want to tell you about something very special coming up this week. In fact, just a couple of days from now. You have the opportunity to join Breaking Brett Jensen, the first WBT Cigar Club meetup of 2024. It's 6 to 9 p.m. at the Vintage Whiskey and Cigar Bar in Gastonia. Watch Brett host Breaking with Brett Jensen live. Browse premium cigar brands, including Cohiba, and enjoy giveaways and specials courtesy of the Vintage. It's the WBT Cigar Club. Thursday, February 29th, the Vintage Whiskey and Cigar Bar in Gastonia. Seating is limited, so lock in your reservation today. Email cigar at WBT.com for reservations. I am a person who is very clearly not into conspiracy theories. However, I am wise enough to recognize that there are genuine conspiracies against this country. You've got the radical Islamic movement, which wants to undermine our system. We've talked about this for years on this broadcast, where the goal is to, and this is a quote from one of their documents, to destroy their miserable house by their hands. In other words, they want to help us destroy ourselves. Frankly, we have leftists in this country, not loyal to America, who want to destroy our constitutional foundations. 
And we also have foreign interests. I think back to, in fact, I need to find the audio. I played this for you one time. It was a man who used to be a cabinet member, I think, in the Kennedy administration. And he made the point that basically the communists were going to take over without firing a shot. You know, at the time, our big threat was the Soviet Union. But the times have certainly changed. And we're at a point now where we have really two major entities that want to destroy us. I believe it's the Russians. But I think moving to the front of the line, the communist Chinese government, they're determined to bring us down. It's especially disturbing when you see, you've probably heard reports recently about Chinese nationals, not women, not children, fighting age men, basically flying to Mexico and crossing our border. What are they here for? Who knows? Especially interesting in light of this story, Breitbart's reporting on Blood Money, a new book by Peter Schweitzer. Leaked U.S. federal law enforcement documents reveal how China is secretly arming American criminals with machine guns. Huh. Isn't this interesting? The communist Chinese government has been flooding the United States with illicit gun parts as part of a disintegration warfare strategy. It's employing against America aimed at tearing the country apart from the inside. Blood money. Why the powerful turn a blind eye while China kills Americans. Schweitzer reveals how Chinese companies, which are heavily regulated by the Chinese government, are flooding the U.S. with auto sear switches, a small metal device also known as Glock switches that can convert handguns into machine guns. Hey, quick question before we move on. How many of you have heard about this? With all of the hysteria about guns from the mainstream news media and the left, how many of you have heard about this and what the communist Chinese government is doing? Probably not a thing. Silence. And we're going to talk more about this. Because it doesn't seem to be very interesting to this administration. These Glock switches are illegal for most gun owners in the U.S., but they're being shipped in boxes by the thousands from China. This is crazy stuff, folks. Now, you've heard about the fentanyl threat, and the Chinese government's behind that as well. In the same way, the Chinese government is sending the auto-sear switches to sow chaos and death inside the U.S. The disintegration warfare strategy focuses on, in the Chinese leader's words, going after the United States' soft underbelly in terms of politics, economics, and the spirit and psychology of its people. It's based on the ancient Chinese strategists, and General Sun Tzu's teachings on how to win a war without fighting. The strategies aimed at undermining a rival country's national will, values, and cohesion. Boy, we're well down that road, aren't we? In Blood Money, Schweitzer 
uses leaked U.S. federal law enforcement documents to reveal how China is trying to arm felons and criminal gangs across the U.S. with these auto-seer switches. The devices, they're about the size of a penny, started arriving in the U.S. in large quantities back in 2018. I mean, let me just stop here, and, and I, it's, again, I just cannot thank Peter Schweitzer enough for bringing this to our attention. But it's mind-boggling that this has been going on now for about six years. These devices are illegal in the U.S. except for use by law enforcement personnel and a select group of others who must obtain a federal license require an extensive criminal background check. Thus, criminals in the U.S. purchase them illegally from China via Chinese websites that are in English and target Americans. Between 2019 and 2021, there was a rise of 4,200% in incidents involving machine gun fire in 130 American cities. Although some of the illegal auto switches are made on 3D printers here in the U.S., the vast majority on the street are from China and are of much higher quality than those made on 3D printers. As U.S. law enforcement's become better at identifying these switches coming from China, Chinese producers have switched tactics and increasingly are shipping them to Mexico. And this is where it gets more interesting, folks, and smuggling them across the border into the U.S., where they eventually end up in the hands of gangs, felons, and drug dealers. And drug cartels in Mexico are also starting to manufacture the devices themselves using machines provided by... Chinese companies. Schweitzer writes, this is a strikingly similar replay of the Chinese government's strategy with fentanyl. When U.S. authorities successfully started blocking shipments sent from China by mail or parcel, Chinese sellers switched to a land bridge in Mexico to continue supplying these devices to criminals in the United States. There is delivery saturation around the United States, warned the Department of Homeland Security in an internal memo obtained by the author, with a map showing distribution concentrated in major cities, including Los Angeles, San Francisco, Chicago, Detroit, Miami, Washington, New York, and Philadelphia. Not surprisingly, the number of switches seized by law enforcement officials investigating crimes jumped by a startling 570% from 2017 to 21 compared to the previous five years. So I'm telling you about some revelations from Peter Schweitzer. He's got a new book called Blood Money, Why the Powerful Turn a Blind Eye While China Kills Americans. And again, this isn't some crazy conspiracy theory. This comes from government documents which raises all kinds of questions about why we've not heard about this until now. He's talking about these devices. They're being used to convert handguns into machine guns. Basically, the communist Chinese government wants chaos and death on our streets. Peter Schweitzer writes, In just the first quarter of 2023, officials seized 106 illegal suppressors at Dallas-Fort Worth International Airport alone. December 2022, U.S. officials in Michigan, 
indicted seven men for procuring switches from China. These devices are an emerging threat to our communities, our children, our law enforcement, anyone who stands in the path of their indiscriminate spray. This is from Mark Totten, U.S. Attorney. 2022, the ATF announced a 500% increase in the confiscation of auto-sear switches around the country. Cities like St. Louis continue to devolve into war zones. 2021, the ATF reported 66 incidents of full auto gunfire. The next year, 339. Well over a third occurred in St. Louis County. Chinese companies are also importing firearm suppressors, known as silencers, to the U.S. (laughs) Isn't this crazy? Suppressors. You've seen these in the movies. Beginning in 2019, a huge influx of illegal suppressors began getting shipped to the U.S. from, guess where? China. As with firearms, felons cannot legally own them. But these clandestinely imported Chinese suppressors enabled criminal gangs and drug cartels in America to get around those requirements and buy them in large quantities. And over the next three years, federal officials traced an astonishing 42,888 suppressors arriving from China. Those were the ones they traced. How many more got through is the question. The suppressors have also been sold on English websites, hosted on Chinese servers, and mislabeled when they're shipped to the U.S. Boy, these folks are clever, aren't they? And again, I ask you, how many of you have heard about this? The Daily Mail, which reported on the Glock switches, revelations, and blood money, noted recent criminal cases involving the illegal devices, including the fatal shooting, of 53-year-old accountant Paul Cutts from Poughkeepsie, New York, whose masked assailant sprayed him with 30 bullets using a handgun modified with a Glock switch. The Daily Mail also quotes Eastern Baton Rouge, Louisiana District Attorney Hillary Moore, who says, we're seeing Glock switches used all over the place, whether it's murder, attempted murder, Witness intimidation, shooting up in a neighborhood, or shooting up houses. In the last two years, that office has seen over 80 criminal cases involving Glock switches. Peter Schweitzer, who's the president of the Government Accountability Institute, writes that American politicians are doing little to counter these practices. Surprise, surprise. No American president appears to have brought this up with Beijing. President Biden has pressed for gun restrictions on ordinary Americans, but has never publicly discussed this problem where criminal elements are gaining access to machine guns courtesy of Chinese manufacturers' illegal shipments. Schweitzer says members of Congress have been silent as well, although Kentucky is home to two of the top business cargo airports in the country where many of the devices are shipped. Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell 
has been silent on the subject. Of course he is. Holding China to account, exposing and denouncing its conduct should be expected. But he's done nothing. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. Schweitzer also noted when Democrat Senators Amy Klobuchar and Cory Booker wrote Attorney General Merrick Garland in 2021 to express concern about the switches, they mentioned China's role as a supplier, but did not call for any action towards Beijing. Similarly, when 11 senators who introduced a bill to tighten restrictions on owning switches, they also did not propose any action against China. What's wrong with these people? While American politicians pursue restrictions on American gun manufacturers, they fail to take China to task. U.S. political leaders are more focused on going after American gun manufacturers producing a legal product for millions of Americans than cracking down on Chinese companies catering to and further weaponizing criminal gangs in the U.S. Schweitzer concludes that as with drug warfare, China's attempting to incite civil unrest in the U.S., similar to its own century of humiliation, in which Beijing faults Western powers for sowing division in China in the 19th and early 20th centuries. Schweitzer concludes, in the same way it flipped the opium wars of the 19th century, created the fentanyl wars of the 21st century, Beijing now works to create a century of humiliation and weaken the United States by fomenting division, by putting weapon-enhancing technology into the hands of felons and criminal gangs, but also fueling social division on U.S. streets. Where are the statesmen and stateswomen who are going to stand up to the communist Chinese government and put a stop to this? Where are they? Don't hold your breath. Love to get your thoughts on this. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. When St. Jude opened in 1962, childhood cancer was considered incurable. Since then, St. Jude has helped push the overall survival rate from 20% to more than 80%. St. Jude won't stop until no child dies from cancer. Join me today in supporting St. Jude by calling 1-800-411-9898. That's 1-800-411-9898 to become a partner in hope. Your gift to St. Jude could last a lifetime. And welcome to hour number two of the Vince Coakley radio program. Lots of interesting things still to talk about during the course of the broadcast today. Uh, one of the things we'll discuss, the Michigan primary. It's going to be very interesting to watch, especially on the Democrat side. One of the candidates will really intrigue you. I'm being facetious because it's really a non-candidate. We'll talk about that as we continue. First, I want to tell you about a little bit of an escalation in the Houthi attacks that have been aimed against the Western world. As you know, these folks are based in Yemen. 
And I saw some concern about this just a few days ago. And interestingly enough, they have done the very thing there was concern about them doing. They've knocked out underwater cables linking Europe to Asia. Four cables believed to belong to the AAE-1, CECOM, EIG, and TGN systems. This is a serious disruption of communications between Europe and Asia. Four underwater communications cables between Saudi Arabia and Djibouti. They've been struck out of commission in recent months. And Yemen's Iranian-backed Houthi rebels are to blame. The targeting of the four cables, marking a serious disruption of communications between Europe and Asia. Most of the immediate harm will be absorbed by the Gulf states and India. These cables we're talking about connect East Asia to Europe by Egypt, connecting China to the West through countries like Pakistan and Qatar. The Europe-India Gateway EIG cable system connects southern Europe to Egypt, Saudi Arabia, Djibouti, the UAE, and India. And the CECOM cable connects Europe, Africa, India, and is connected to South Africa. When I saw this story, I thought, it's pretty interesting to me because I think many of us are of the belief that, hey, in the new high-tech world, everything's connected by satellites by cell towers or whatever else, wireless. But no, these cables are essential to some communications. Yemen's Iranian-backed Houthi movement, which is not the internationally recognized government of the Arab country, which controls its most populous segments, has been attacking international trade for months. You've been watching this, as I have, proclaiming solidarity with Palestinians as Israel wages war against Hamas in the Gaza Strip. The United States, United Kingdom, and allies, they've begun in recent months to take offensive actions against the Houthis in response to the attacks, but the missile, helicopter, and underwater drone assaults on merchant ships have continued. It's one of these issues where there's been a question about how we should respond. Should we take action, just continue to respond to the Houthis, or should we take a step further and actually take direct military action against the Iranians who are behind this, ultimately? And speaking of war, you might want to fasten your seatbelts for this one because since we are in NATO, we may find ourselves in a place we do not want to be. I'm going to share with you a couple of news accounts on this. Barron's first reporting, French President Emmanuel Macron announced a new coalition would be created to supply Ukraine with longer-range missiles and munitions, adding that not even the sending of, are you ready for this, Western ground troops to fight the Russian invasion should be ruled out. Macron said after a meeting with European leaders in Paris, there's no consensus today to send ground troops, but nothing should be excluded. We will do whatever it takes to ensure Russia cannot win this war. 
He said the new coalition would be set up to supply missiles and bombs of medium and long range to Ukraine and added, we are convinced the defeat of Russia is indispensable to security and stability in Europe. Folks, this is pretty serious business. Talk of putting in ground troops, Western ground troops. And you better believe they're going to be asking the United States of America for some contribution here. I have a hard time believing that the European members of NATO are going to say, you know, we got this. They're going to be looking for a contribution. The Telegraph reports it this way, NATO and EU states considering sending troops to Ukraine. The Prime Minister of Slovakia has claimed NATO and EU member states are preparing to deploy troops to Ukraine. Robert Fico, a pro-Russia populist, offered no details of how Western soldiers could be sent to assist Ukraine. And commentators said he was probably just trying to stir up trouble. He was speaking ahead of a hastily arranged meeting of European leaders in Paris because of what his advisors say is an escalation in Russian aggression over the past few weeks. The meeting implies a number of NATO and EU member states are considering they will send their troops to Ukraine on a bilateral basis. Mr. Fico saying, I cannot say for what purpose and what they should be doing there. Adding that Slovakia, a member of the EU and NATO, would not be sending soldiers to Ukraine. Mr. Fico, who was elected last October, said the move would risk an escalation of the conflict in Ukraine, but could not offer more information. It was not clear whether he was referring to the prospect of Western troops being deployed to Ukraine while the war is still raging. As you know, NATO allies have spent billions of dollars providing arms to Kyiv and are training Ukrainian forces in the West. So far, they've been very insistent. We're not putting boots on the ground to avoid entering a direct conflict with Russia. However, this has not prevented planning for future training deployments that enhance Kyiv's military after the war comes to an end. I hope this is what they're talking about. But with these folks... It would not surprise me, and people like you, like me, we would frankly be among the last to know. This is the way these folks operate. Oh, surprise, surprise. We've been talking about this for a while. Oh, really? Still to come in the broadcast, indications from Joe Biden, there could be a ceasefire in Gaza in the very near future, we will talk about this. By the way, did you see Joe Biden talking with reporters? I think he was in New York City having ice cream. This guy and the ice cream. I mean, it's just absolutely crazy to watch. What is wrong with this guy? I mean, and, and I'm not being intending to be disrespectful when I say this. He really did look like somebody in an old folks home eating ice cream. I mean, he looked like a grandfather. And frankly, I've said this before, not being mean, just keeping it real. That's where this man belongs. Coming up, we're going to talk about... 
Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. St. Jude treats children across the country and around the world, regardless of color, creed, or financial capability, because they're committed to love and care for their neighbors. Join me in helping St. Jude give every child with cancer the chance they deserve to survive. Together, we can save more lives. Call now to become a partner in hope. 1-800-411-9898. That's 1-800-411-9898. On the Vince Copley radio program, I am just thoroughly amused by what's going on in Michigan today. I am, you know, I have a devious side. I think you probably figured that out. We're going to talk about what is taking place and how this could be somewhat of an embarrassment for our current president as we continue. Speaking of Mr. Magoo, he is signaling a ceasefire in Gaza could be at hand saying Israel has agreed to pause its offensive during the upcoming Muslim holy month of Ramadan if a deal is reached to release some hostages held by Hamas. Both Israel and Hamas downplayed on Tuesday the idea a breakthrough was imminent. In the wake of Hamas's attack on southern Israel October 7th, Israel's air, sea, and ground campaign in Gaza has killed tens of thousands of people, obliterated large swaths, of the urban landscape, displaced 80% of the battered enclave's population and sparked concerns of famine could be imminent, according to the United Nations. And I've said this before, as much as I want to see Hamas wiped out, there's no kind way to characterize the what we have now with the humanitarian crisis. It's horrible. What really saddens me about this is the folks who are behind this, they really don't care. They don't care at all. And it also concerns me that we've got people here in the United States of America who are sensitive to the cause of Hamas. And they've linked Hamas and the Palestinian cause. See, if if you in any way have a, you know, some sensitivity to the cause of the Palestinian people, you need to be very, very vigilant in standing against Hamas. These folks are not going to help the Palestinian cause such as it is. And the Palestinian people need to help themselves. They need to distance themselves from these terrorists. And, you know, I was thinking of this. Maybe this is fantasy on my part to suggest such a thing. But I know that one of the big issues in Palestine, the Palestinian areas, what they are doing 
is they are basically denying the existence of Israel. It would be a turning point diplomatically if they were to reverse course on that particular issue. And what if, I'm, I'm just throwing this out, because I know this is pure fantasy to suggest this. Wouldn't it be extraordinary if you had a situation where you do an exchange, a teaching exchange between Palestinians and Israelis? The Israelis' job is to help you understand who Israel is, who the Israeli people are, and at the same time, we have Palestinians coming into Israel to explain, hey, this is who we are. This is what we are trying to do. You do a you do an exchange like this. So there's a relational connection and help people to humanize the people that are being discussed. Now, I know, and, and, and it frustrates me, to be honest with you, every time I see this. Did you see the guy the other day? I, I think it was a, a U.S. serviceman who set himself on fire. Said he didn't want to be complicit in, in genocide anymore. That is a, a really bastardization of that word. There's nothing going on in Israel that comes close to resembling genocide. It's not. Genocide is when you're looking to wipe out people. The interesting thing is the people who are talking about genocide, that's what they want to do with Israel. They don't have Israel on their maps. There's a reason. They want to wipe them out. Isn't it just like something deeply demonic to practice what we call projection? On the one hand, you're talking about genocide. On the other hand, you are the one who are promoting genocide and believe in genocide. The sad thing is the people who promote this just don't get it, do they? Not at all. Let's go out to a call from Chris. Good morning and welcome to the broadcast, Chris. Good morning, Vince. Can you hear me? I've got you. Coming through loud and clear, sir. Oh. I can't quite hear you. Can you hear me still? We've got you. I don't know what sort of issue you were having, but we've got you. Go right ahead with your call. Oh, there you go. I got you again. Thank you, sir. So I called not to talk about Palestine and uh, Israel, but I will briefly mention that I can't find any videos on Twitter where the Israelis, the people of Israel, are beating, spitting on, kicking, and dragging Palestinian hostages through their streets like I can see the Palestinians doing that to the Israeli hostages. So it seems to me that, uh, you know, and I know those people don't represent every Palestinian, but that's kind of obvious to me what's going on. I think people have eyes and ears. They can tell. But why I called, Vince, was to bag you, sir. Um, I have a Marine, a son. He's got two more years minimum if he doesn't decide to stay in. And I know, I know, I know that you're a man of high moral character and that you're a humble man. And I know Donald Trump is kind of the opposite of that when it comes to personal character. And I know what it must be like for a man like you to have to stomach thinking of voting for such a narcissist who self-promotion when you're, you know, when you're the opposite of that. 
but I, I just I just have to call and bag you. I think that man is my son's best chance at surviving, at like increasing his odds of surviving these global conflicts. And I, I don't know what else to say except please consider it. Please consider my son's life when you're you know, well, you know when you're in the booth and you got to pull the trigger, pull the pull the ballot, man. I I don't know what else to say except please if you can stomach it and you actually don't think you're going to do harm to this country. You know, I, I, I just don't, I'm just bagging the people that may be on the fence. Like, my son is out there, and I'm not a big Donald Trump promoter. I don't want him as any kind of spiritual leader or even moral character leader. And he's, you know, not everyday person's idea of what presidential is, but right. darn it, I don't Chris, have any place else to go. Chris, let me just say to you, first and foremost, I have the utmost respect for you. And I appreciate the heart by which you've approached me on this. I I get it. Believe me. I want your son to uh, be in a place where he has the utmost protection and covering all the way to the top. I want to make that absolutely clear. Uh, do you have time to hold through the break, by the way? Because I, I don't think we're going to have enough time to go through all of this. Vince, I, I, you're, you're not coming through clearly. I'm hearing every that third or fourth odd. word. That is strange. Yeah, I don't know, I know. why this is happening. I, it could be my phone. It's raining out, and I, I do have good coverage. But I'm going to email you, Vince. I think you're reaching out that we that. maybe have a discussion out there. Absolutely. Um, let's do that, and we can end this call uh, for whatever reason. I don't know if we're still having issues with our phone system or whatever it is, but I, listen to what I have to say off the air, because I'm going to say a couple of things about this. Um, I would underscore everything Chris has communicated, at least in terms of the importance of having uh, solid leadership in the White House. It's absolutely essential. We cannot have a continuation of Joe Biden. And I think that's a lot of what Chris is saying here, that uh, first and foremost, this is not a plan for the future. This is uh, not a plan that's safe for him. I do have some additional thoughts, but one of them is immediately, I think back to just a few days ago, when Donald Trump made derogatory comments about Nikki Haley's husband, who is serving right now, I have a real problem with somebody of that character basically denigrating people who are serving. And this is not the first time he's done this. And people say, well, you got to look at the big picture. Yeah, I'm looking at the big picture here. And I see a man who I think is less stable than he was in 2020. Less stable. Our world is different. And the other thing I would also say, I think one of the dangers here, and, and, and I've never said this before, is the romanticism attached to Donald Trump. Yes, we had four good years. Yes, foreign policy things were quiet. And here's my question for those of you who are diehard Trump supporters. Can you guarantee to me that something is not going to happen during his presidency if he's elected. See, because I, I don't think, while I think I, I would rather have him in office rather than Biden, that's, that's a no-brainer. At the same time, there are no guarantees. No guarantees.
Back on the Vince Coakley Radio Program. Some interesting things going on today in the political realm. This is 2024. So all roads lead to November. November is when Election Day happens. But leading up to that, we've got primaries to determine the nominees on the Democrat and Republican sides. I think right now, people are pretty much convinced this is going to come down to Joe Biden versus Donald Trump. Oh, my gosh. Had to turn away from the screen for a moment. Uh, just keeping it real. <laughs> um, Drudge has some interesting headlines on 2024. The newest one, I haven't watched this yet, but this this apparently was just posted a little bit ago. I'm going to check this out and maybe share some portions of this tomorrow. But James Carville has done a video that he's posted online called Fraud, Lies, and Stealing. Huh. What is this about? I'd be very curious to hear what Serpent Head has to say about 2024. Fraud, Lies, and Stealing. Some of the other headlines here. Trump dominance of Republican primary is illusion. Who? Haley goes scorched earth. Suicide for our country. The other two that grabbed my attention, former Obama aides sound alarm over frail Biden. Well, of course, they're terrified. I think, why wouldn't they be terrified? Have you seen Joe Biden lately? And Michigan primary could reveal perils for both. This is quite entertaining. Let's talk first about the frail and mumbly Biden. That's how it's characterized. That's not an endorsement in any way. It's a pretty daunting picture. But it's an accurate description, is it not? Former aides who worked directly with then-Vice President Joe Biden in the Obama administration have called current fears over his age a very real issue. Some alarmed at how he's become more frail and mumbly. John Favreau, chief speechwriter for Obama when Biden was vice president. We may share a portion of this. If you watch Joe Biden speaks, oftentimes he sounds frail. He sounds more frail than he used to. Even in 2019 and 20, the voice sounds frail. He shuffles more because of the arthritis in his back. The oldest ever president also appears mumbly. He also noted polls showing as many as 80% of Americans have expressed concern about the president being 81. This has got to be tackled head on. Voters can see his clear decline. You can't just ignore this issue. People are not dumb. Even though the president's made an ever-growing series of gaffes and verbal stumbles, he needs to appear on camera even more if he's to assuage voters' concerns about his age, with his absence even worse. When world events seem like they're overtaking him, he's not out there enough forcefully. That's what's getting people concerned. 
podcast co-host John Lovett, another ex-Obama speechwriter, agreed and argued Biden campaign should get the president out in public to demonstrate his mental and physical abilities, even if they're concerned he will make more gaffes. See, I think there's an argument to this to be made. Hiding is only going to make the suspicion greater. There will be more missteps, more gaffes. If you don't view, view Biden being out there as a net positive, the argument he should be running is right. Former Obama senior advisor Dan Pfeiffer expressed his own concerns in a separate interview. It's a very real issue. If Biden cannot assuage, particularly among his voters from 2020, I don't think he can win the election. In some ways, it's the crux for his campaign. Pfeiffer said addressing Biden's age should be the first strategy priority for the re-election campaign. There's a segment of voters who've decided, as of right now, their minds can be changed, who've decided Biden's too old for the job and can't do it. So if they're not going to listen to anything he says, well, you've got a problem there, don't you? Former Obama... Campaign strategist David Axelrod also suggested the Biden campaign lead into the president's personality, noting how in 1979 the then-senator told the Soviet Union, well, he spoke boldly back then. He alluded to reports of anonymous White House sources talking about Biden's angry behavior behind the scenes, Suggested Biden embrace his temper, confront former President Donald Trump directly with short phrases, with Biden-esque language that could go viral online. David Axelrod says, I'd encourage Biden to be Biden. Go ahead. Let's see how that works. (laughs) How do you think that's going to work? Coming up, we're going to talk about the candidate who could pose a real danger to Joe Biden today in the Michigan primary. This is really funny. At least I find it amusing. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. When St. Jude opened in 1962, childhood cancer was considered incurable. Since then, St. Jude has helped push the overall survival rate from 20% to more than 80%. St. Jude won't stop until no child dies from cancer. Join me today in supporting St. Jude by calling 1-800-411-9898. That's 1-800-411-9898 to become a partner in hope. Your gift to St. Jude could last a lifetime. I am a person who finds amusement in what is taking place on the campaign trail. And and I say amusement because I I love watching proud people get humbled. I'm just being honest with you. I one of my pet peeves is just watching smug arrogant people. 
And I love watching them get taken down a couple of notches. And it might very well happen in Michigan. Might very well happen. We're going to talk about this as we continue the broadcast. Uh, let's go to a couple of quick calls here. But first, out to Brian. Good morning and welcome, Brian. Hello. Yes, sir. Take it away. It's all you. Oh, yeah. How you doing, Vince? I was um I was calling uh first off let me say this before before I, before I tell you why I called you. You know, uh I heard the guy that has the son in the Marines and and everything and and I that broke my heart man. I feel so bad for that man uh with his son there and he's worried about Trump uh being the president. If Trump's not the president, his son don't worry about Trump. Don't worry about Biden. America's going to be destroyed because America is lying on God. And that's who's going to destroy America if America doesn't stop Lying on God. That's one thing. Uh, hey, Brian, the other thing is... Stop, 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 Brian. I'd like to develop that. How how does America lie on God? Tell me about it. I, hello? Yes, go ahead. Yeah, well, what did you say? I I want you to explain to me how America is lying on God. Well, Tell me about it. Oh, okay, well, they, uh, they, they, homosexuality is... is, is, is Oh, my gosh. I don't know what he's talking about. He just disappeared. Okay. Uh, thanks for... Uh, <laughs> apparently some things that were not fit for air is my understanding here. So, my goodness, what in the world do you do? Um, we talked earlier about Major League Baseball as well. Uh, let's take a call here from Ken before we talk about what's happening up in Michigan. Good morning, Ken, and welcome. Hello? Yes, sir. It's all you. Oh, hi, Vince. This is, uh, I called you last week about baseball, and I think the one of the locations that could be used is around the Mecklenburg Aquatic Center. Uh, there's a pretty good bit of land there with a great view of the skyline. I think that would work. And uh, I know you're against David Tepper, but I'll tell you why he would be the perfect candidate to own the team. You know, he already has roots here, for one. And if you remember back before we got soccer, Raleigh was going to get that team. And when Tepper, you know, bought into the Charlotte getting it, we went right to the front and we got it. He does have pull, and he has very deep pockets and i think that would bode very well for charlotte okay that's that's fair enough the by the aquatic center is that uh is that mcdowell street that area where you're talking about um i think that's the area that he's referring to and that would be uh Um, kind of interesting to see uh that land developed for that purpose and he's a David Tepper supporter thinks that Tepper is perhaps a person who can make that happen. Let's talk about what's happening in Michigan today. So it appears Joe Biden and Donald Trump are marching toward their nominations. But there are perils for both, according to the Associated Press. Trump, despite his undoubted dominance in Republican contests, facing a block of stubbornly persistent GOP voters who favor his lone remaining rival, former U.N. Ambassador Nikki Haley, and who are skeptical at best about the former president's prospects in a rematch against Biden. 
So you got those folks on the Republican side. But it's more challenging on the Democrat side for Joe Biden. The most potent electoral obstacle yet, an energized movement of disillusioned voters upset with his handling of the war in Gaza and a relationship with Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu, the critics say, has been too supportive. Those dynamics will be put to the test in Michigan today, the last major primary state before Super Tuesday, critical swing state in the general election this November. Even if they post dominant victories, as expected, both campaigns will look at the margins for signs of weakness in the state that went for Biden by just three percentage points last time around. It was a close one. Biden said in a local Michigan radio interview, it would be one of the five states that would determine the winner. Michigan has the largest concentration of Arab Americans. Largest concentration of Arab Americans in the nation. 310,000 residents are of Middle Eastern or North African ancestry. Nearly half of Dearborn's roughly 110,000 residents claim Arab ancestry. So, what does it mean? Well, this is the epicenter of democratic discontent with White House action on the Hamas war. So, how are they showing this discontent? Democrats angry Biden has supported Israel's offensive and resisted calls for a ceasefire are rallying voters to instead select uncommitted. Not Joe Biden, but uncommitted. Now, this started just a few weeks ago. It's backed by officials like Rashida Tlaib, the first Palestinian-American woman in Congress, and former Representative Andy Levin, who lost the Democratic primary two years ago, after pro-Israel groups spent more than $4 million to defeat him. A spokesperson for this campaign, pushing voters to select uncommitted to the efforts, a way for us to vote for a ceasefire, a way for us to vote for peace, a way for us to vote against war. One voter said this morning he voted for Trump. Believing Arab Americans have a lot more in common with Republicans than Democrats. He said he voted four years ago for Biden, but believes Trump will win the general election in November, partly because of the backing he would get from Arab Americans. I'm not voting for Trump because I want Trump. I just don't want Biden. He didn't stop the war in Gaza. Trump won the state by just 11,000 votes in 2016 over Hillary Clinton, then lost the state four years later by nearly 154,000 votes to Biden. The folks leading this campaign, the uncommitted effort, want to show they have at least the number of votes that were Trump's margin of victory in 2016 to demonstrate how influential that block can be. So in other words, if they can get 100 and 54,000 people to show up to vote uncommitted. You better believe the Biden campaign is going to pay attention. He goes on to say this situation in Gaza is top of mind for a lot of people. President Biden's failing to provide voters for whom the war crimes that are being inflicted for 
by our U.S. taxpayer dollars, he's failing to provide them with something to vote for. Hmm. Our revolution, the organizing group once tied to Bernie Sanders, has also urged progressive voters to choose uncommitted today. To send a message to Biden to change course now on Gaza or else risk losing Michigan to Trump in November. I'm going to be very interested to watch. I hope they get 200,000 votes. I mean, it would be really funny to watch the panic. Uh, what's the Democrat Party going to do? What are they going to do? Become pro-Hamas now? I mean, they're really in a pickle here. It's all the time we have. Thanks a lot for joining us. Have yourselves a great day, and God bless you. Adios. Adios.